advertising is just drastically different now than it has been in the past. So those are a lot of really complex and compelling things that companies need to pay attention to. How do you approach your customers? How do you market to your customers? How do you retain them after you've brought them in? Uh, and how do you deal with competition? Because there is so much of it coming around. You are listening to the Meta Business Innovation and Technology Podcast. If you want to learn from industry leaders about new trends and products that can grow your business, then this is the podcast for you. Today, we're joined by Ben Howell, Vice President of Global Brand Media at Salesforce, along with Julie Cullinane and Ish Davis of Meta. In this episode, we dive deep into the trends emerging in B2B digital transformation today, what this means for the future of work, and how customer expectations have changed since the pandemic. Hello, and welcome to the Meta Business Innovation and Technology Podcast. I am your host, Jordan Rogers-Smith. And if you've been listening to previous podcasts, we've spoken about digital transformation before, but we've often spoken about that transformation in the context of how customer-facing experiences are changing. And today, I'm joined by three special guests to, to flip that on its head a little and think about this from a business-to-business context. So joining me for the conversation today, we have Julie Cullinane, industry manager here at Meta. We have Ish Davis, business engineer here at Meta, and Ben Howell, vice president of global brand media from Salesforce. But before diving into the topic, I'd love just to go around each of you and just tell us a little about yourself and and how it is you ended up in the, the B2B space. So Ben, I'd love to start with you. Thanks, Jordan. I appreciate it. So I am currently working at Salesforce, where I have a, a really fun job of kind of being part of our global brand media team. Uh, I've been at Salesforce for, Force for five years, and before that, held a number of jobs, primarily in B2B and demand generation. Um, so I've had some great experience in larger companies, smaller companies, startups, established publicly traded companies, um, but been B2B from pretty much the onset. Um, so sort of a, a, a curator of all things B2B over my career. Awesome. It's great to have you here. And then from the meta side, you know, Julie, tell us a little about yourself. Thank you, Jordan. And thank you so much for having me here today. I'm really excited to be here. As you mentioned, my name is Julie Cullinane. I'm the mom of a two-year-old daughter named Margaret, and I started in the B2B space about three years ago. I had the opportunity to really dig in with some of our biggest B2B clients, and it was love at first sight. I started my career at People Magazine and direct response marketing, and then moved over to Twitter and worked worked on retail partnerships. So B2B always felt very foreign to me, but there's so much innovation and some really cool work happening in this space that I might be a lifer. Awesome. Well, thank you. I'm you know, looking forward to digging into some of the, the t- content today with you. And last but not least, you know, fellow business engineer Ish, you know, tell us a little about yourself as well. Absolutely. Thank you. Hello, everyone. I'm Ishwaris Davis. I'm a business engineer on B2B, and I got into B2B actually from lead generation. So that was kind of my first love here at Meta. Um, and then I met Julie, and we've been working together for about two years on this, on all things B2B. So excited to talk about the innovation today. Awesome. So we really will just jump straight in. And, you know, Ben, I'd love to really start with you to kick things off. And that is from what you see and the trends that you've been seeing in the market, what do you anticipate is is happening in B2B? So over the coming years? Great question. And such a hard one to answer. Uh, things change so rapidly. If you, you know, if you'd asked that same question three years prior to this, that my answer probably would have been completely and totally wrong. Uh, what we're 
what I'm seeing and what we're hoping for is there's still a continued focus on kind of unifying software and, and not in the sense of looking for a holistic provider, but bringing all of your different applications together. Um, you know, I think as it relates to B2B, there's always going to be complex systems that are all of, in, in these organizations. And we've really got to figure out how to make them all work together in, in the easiest possible way. Uh, at Salesforce and with all companies, it's customer focused. Like how are we approaching our customer? What are we doing to actually make customer experience better? Uh, how are we improving the overall experience internally? Uh, it's got to be easy to use. It's got to fit in with how folks work on a day-to-day basis. If you ask them to jump out of their flow of work and do something that's not synchronous with how they work, it doesn't work very effectively. Um, and I think from an overall perspective, advertising is just drastically different now than it has been in the past. So those are a lot of really complex and compelling things that companies need to pay attention to. How do you approach your customers? How do you market to your customers? How do you retain them after you brought them in? Uh, and how do you deal with competition? Because there is so much of it coming around. Yeah, I mean, I think I completely agree with what Ben's saying. I think a couple of the other things that we're looking at as well is we're, con- we're continuing to see this big surge in startups. So it started in 2020, where there was the highest number of new business applications being formed since the 2008 financial crisis. That trend can ter- carried into 2021, where there were 5.4 million new business starts last year. And we expect that trend to continue this year and for the next couple of years as you see the creator economy starting to boom. Those are small businesses of one. And as those businesses start to get oxygen, they will become much larger as well. And additionally, we're seeing the government give small businesses loans to make that dream a reality and larger contracts to be able to help fund them as well. So I think that's another thing we're seeing. I think the next one where we're going to spend a lot of time, as you mentioned, Jordan, at the top on this topic of digital transformation, but it's anticipated to now be a trillion dollar market in the next four years. So digital transformation has really been accelerated by the pandemic and that will continue. Um, And then the third one is really the future of work. So as you see here, we're all working in different places. I actually happen to be in the office, but it's been my first time since December. And we have folks kind of all over the country. So the future of work is a breeding ground for innovation for both businesses, small and large, and a really fun trend for us to watch and talk about today. Yeah, I think those are all really great points. I would say what I'm seeing from kind of the engineering industry perspective is B2B clients learning even more from B2C brands in the future, whether that be from products like lead generation, thinking a little bit more about creative experience, changing up marketing strategies, or just like truly focusing on people. Because ultimately, underneath all of the titles like business decision maker or IT decision maker, we're still targeting and talking to people at the end of the day. So we need to remember that. I think going back to Ben's point, uh, complexity does have to kind of be decreased either on the user experience side or on the back end. So that makes me think about things like ads manager versus our lighter weight interfaces for advertising. Like, how do we make sure that the power and functionality are still there? But we also want to make sure that it's easy for our users to use and user experience is still nice. Uh, So like many of these businesses, we're trying to make sure that we focus on streamlining our offering uh, because the B2B landscape will continue to change over time. As we said at the top, you know, digital transformation is going to be a big part of what we talk about today. But, you know, the term digital transformation is such a broad term and it can encompass so many different aspects of how people need to think about their business that, you can approach it from many different angles and do many different things that, that contribute to digitally transforming your business. So, Ben, I'd love to go to you in a sense and, and hear how yourself and Salesforce think about 
this concept of digital transformation and, and sort of what are the interesting perspectives that you see and, and Salesforce sees on how businesses are actually going digital and doing that transformation? Sure, happy to. Digital transformation is an interesting one. Like it's a it's a term that's got some staying power. It's it's been around for quite a few years now, and I think to your point, Jordan, it's so nebulous uh, that it'll probably stick around forever. Salesforce has a really long definition of digital transformation. Uh, I think if you boil that down to the essentials, especially you know as Ish was mentioning, the consumer experience changes so rapidly. That uh, I think it's really about maturity from a business perspective. Like you've got to be leaning into tools and and ways that you can be agile. Uh, you've got to adapt to the market. You've got to be able to offer new alternatives for your customers and ways that they engage. I mean, I think there's some easy ones you can think of in your own life. To Julie's point, we're all working from home now. Um, so digital transformation today is: can I offer easy, simple tools to folks who are working in a home environment? You know, think about Zoom versus WebEx. There's a completely different expectation for a video call today than there was three or four years ago. Uh, think about the way that you chat or engage. You know, we we made a really large acquisition in Slack, and that's a tool that is designed to create a digital HQ and have a unified experience for people at, at their business. That's similar to what they're used to as a consumer. Um, so from an overall perspective, it's really understanding how you can make your business more agile, more nimble, and more adaptable to these changing trends, because they're always going to be out there. You're never going to be at the cutting edge. You're never going to be ahead of the trend, but you've got to have enough system flexibility and enough kind of agility to adapt, to make, make adjustments and not be stuck with some of the old legacy solutions that were out there, you know, the, the brick and mortar, the, the internal software application. I mean, Salesforce is a software as a service for a reason. You've got to be able to make those adjustments. So digital transformation for, for our definition today is can you as a business keep up? Are you able to make on the fly adjustments? To Julie's point, if you're a startup, you, you can't afford to fall behind. Uh, and you also don't have large teams of, of folks who are able to make these changes happen. So if you don't have simple tools that are easy to adjust, that are focused on your consumer, you're going to fall behind and you're going to lose. So just to follow up on that and, and dig a little deeper into it, Meta and, and Salesforce you know, are, both, are both platforms in a sense. And we both play this crucial role in helping other companies navigate this changing landscape by trying to do all the things we've just, we've mentioned already in terms of making things easier, you know, more efficient for smaller people, so more smaller companies, so you don't need more people to do something. But what what have you seen, Ben, in terms of how both parties and the efforts that both parties have invested in to really try and enable that that transformation among the, that wide set of customers that we've talked about from you know, startups that have this challenge to one man companies or one woman companies, you know, right the way through to the, you know, the largest multinationals and, and companies with 100,000 plus people. Oh my gosh, it's such a great question. Quite simply, from a meta perspective, the audience is unparalleled. You know, folks are using meta. And I think this is the interesting part of digital transformation back to Ish's point around that consumer focus. I might have meta up on my laptop or my screen as I'm working on a day to day basis. And I'm not doing it for work related applications, I'm just checking in on things. But from an advertising perspective, from a brand perspective at a large organization, I can't, I can't compete with the audience that Meta has out there. Like there's nothing that I can do that's going to get me in front of as many people as I can on Meta with the, with the level of segmentation and granularity and brand safety that's in play. Um, so for an advertising perspective, it gives me a massive amount of flexibility and I'm engaging people where they go. I think that's a key piece is you can design the world's greatest lead generation and demand generation tool, but if nobody goes to it, it doesn't really necessarily work. 
Um, so a lot of the cutting edge things that we've done with Meta over the past few years has been direct integration into the platform, like removing obstacles to get folks who are engaged and interested in our products off of Meta and onto a Salesforce property. How do we make that seamless and easy? Uh, even down to form completes, you know, when someone is interested in getting a demonstration of product, when they come off of a Meta platform to Salesforce, it's a one-click application. They don't need to fill out 46 different forms. It's click here to engage, and we're automatically capturing their data and making that a seamless and easy experience. Um, so I think from that perspective, we need to lean on platforms to help us scale. Uh, my key focus in my job now is audience management. How do we effectively market to the right people with the right message? How do we adapt that globally? Uh, and that's where having partners who have that scale and understanding is hugely impactful and beneficial. I couldn't agree more, Ben, in terms of that piece. And I think what's also interesting in terms of our larger partnership is that we're really seeing over the past couple of years, the Internet's being rebuilt and it's being rebuilt to system- systematically address safety, security and privacy strains. And we also know that we're like we're losing a lot of we call it signal across the industry with cookie deprecation and added regulation, but also the lack of sharing from a platform perspective. So the partnership we have together as well is helping brands be able to kind of take those audiences and really be able to reach their customer in a personalized, safe way. And I think that's a really interesting um, note or area for us to continue to develop our partnership. And then another kind of trend that we didn't talk about at the beginning, but I know our companies are really focused on together is this idea of commerce is happening everywhere and anywhere. And how do we make it really easy to do to make commerce transaction happen across our platforms with the kind of reach and scale that you've talked about? I know there's ways that we're partnering there to kind of bring that to life, too, so that if you are that small business, you can make that sale wherever you need to to really help kind of propel your business forward. Yeah, I love that, Julie, I think. Jordan, kind of going back to the platform perspective, right? So from an engineering perspective, we're thinking about products and infrastructure. So how do we essentially enable a natural way for businesses to evolve digitally? So we think about messaging, right? Messenger and WhatsApp, how do we use those for business use cases? So customer acquisition, transactions, customer service, we've seen a huge uptick in that throughout the pandemic. Uh, Businesses can create bots now, right? So you don't have to have a live person chatting with every single person that you're interacting with. Now you can kind of scale in a way that businesses typically couldn't have before. On a lead generation, uh, we've enabled multiple channels now for people to actually reach out in the ways that customers want to be reached out to, right? So we have call ads. So if the person prefers to have a phone call, you can do that. We have messenger legion. So if you'd rather message than fill in a form, you can do that as well. And of course, we have the native form where you can just go in and fill out your information. Most of it is likely going to be pre-filled, so it's very low lift from an advertiser and user perspective. And we also have conversion leads now. So if you actually have your CRM, you can send that information back to us and we can optimize for those lower funnel signals. And even if you don't send us that signal, uh, you can still use the conversion leads optimization goals. So there's a lot of opportunity there. I would say tapping into signals as well, like Julie mentioned, we have Conversions API, which is essentially an API that allows you to send uh, information back to Meta for optimization, targeting purposes, reporting, that kind of thing. And we've made it even easier now. So we have Cathy Gateway, uh, which essentially allows you to set up this service on a cloud provider. And it works. It's very low technical lift. And once again, that's the infrastructure that will allow advertisers to have more control uh, send the information that they really want to send and also become resilient on the platform. 
I would say also kind of tapping into the metaverse theme, we also have things like Spark AR, right? Uh, where you can go in and build your AR filters and we're already seeing advertisers use those uh, across the board and we're planning to grow that out a little bit more over time. Well, a lot more over time actually. So really excited about those. I'd love to sort of see your take, Ben, on, on this concept of, of the internet being rebuilt. So, you know, the, the, we all, we're all seeing shifts in how people wish to spend their time and, you know, even how businesses wish to interact, you know, people shifting more to consuming things like video and businesses moving over to more, as we've talked about, the messaging tools. And with Salesforce acquiring a company and a product like Slack, you know, which is a very different way of working than traditional people may, traditional companies would have worked in the past. Like, where do you see Slack fitting into to the, the digital transformation of businesses and or even the concept of, of that type of work in the future and how people work together versus the way it was done in the past? It's huge. I mean, the, we, we acquired Slack for a number of reasons, but I think that honestly is the primary one. And the you know, the way we're positioning Slack is it is your digital HQ. The, you know, we were talking about this on a, on a separate thread. Ideally, as a, as a business user, when you're at work, it's hard to navigate between systems. You know, you, you spend a lot of time just jumping from one system to the other. As we go and optimize these tools, like the idea for Slack is if we can, if we can combine multiple applications and multiple workflows into one interface, that makes people's lives easier. To your point, you can push that out outside of businesses as well. You know, from from a Slack perspective, it should be the first place you go and where you spend most of your day. On our side, it's integration. We integrate with Workday, so if I'm making HR uh, requests, I can do that through Slack with the with the Workday app. I can access the CRM directly through Slack. I can access Tableau dashboards and Datarama dashboards directly through Slack. I can make time off requests and do most of the work that I need to do in that Slack application. I think, you know, from a competition perspective, Microsoft's done a really lovely job with this with Teams. Like when you're in Teams, everything you need to do is in that Teams interface from word processing to spreadsheets to video calls to chat applications. I think that's a, um, a goal for us to shoot for here. Uh, and to your point, the expectation on the internet is completely different today. You know, there's a lot of talk about Web 3.0. There's a lot of talk about AR and VR. There's a lot of talk about NFTs and the blockchain. Um, and understanding how you connect all these things together in a user experience is going to be hugely important. Um, we're trying to stay ahead of those trends as best we can. And Slack is going to give us a lot of that agility that I mentioned earlier. It's it's really seen a lot of traction. Um, I use it all the time. In fact, it's up on my screen right now where it's, it's the primary way of working for us internally at Salesforce. We've moved away from email, to be frank. Email is now more of a... Uh, you know, a checks and balances where you've got a paper trail if you need to send something that's more official. But the ways of working that we engage with now is completely through Slack because it's so connected. The whole topic around ways of working is really why I'd love to try and take this conversation next. So we're going to take a short break now and we're going to come back for part two of this episode where we're really going to dig into this, this concept of the future of work and, and how digital transformation has enabled all these different ways and these new ways of working um, shortly. So we'll see you after the break. 